This episode of Boy Meets World is called Santa's Little Helper. And for the second episode in a row, they really nailed the synopsis on Disney+. Plus. It says, Corey discovers that the spirit of giving is more important than presence, which I think is just really on the nose. Um, we open up in the classroom, and F- uh, Mr. Feeney is reading uh, what sounds like the end of A Christmas Carol. Uh, and I have a small problem with this right out of the gate. Mark, I'm curious if you noticed the same thing I did. Uh, is it Corey and Sean joking around in the back? Uh, or is it the story itself? Doing that. Like Corey's doing this goofy, like um, making like, very silly faces, obviously not making a sound because they need to focus on the audio from Mr. Feeney. Mm-hmm. But as Mr. Feeney is finishing the book, about 80% of the pages are still left. <laughs> I didn't even in notice his right that. right hand. And then he even closes it. That's like, what are you reading, a manga? Because he even closes it like in the reverse way. Like he takes, instead of closing the front cover, he like turns it backwards and closes it so the back cover ends up on top. And it's like, <laughs> you, I don't want to freak out, but you couldn't at least pretend you were on like the last 10, 20 pages. It just, whatever. It's just such a simple thing. And you think this guy's like a professional actor uh, that you would just make sure it actually looks like you're at the end of the book. Anyway, yeah. he reads the end of uh, of a Christmas Carol, and Corey's not paying attention at all. He's just goofing off with Sean, as you said. And Sean says, "Hey, wait! Like that's not the end. Where's the Grinch?" And yeah. uh, and Corey makes a comment that there was no one named Carol in the story, even though it's called. <laughs> yeah, no Carol, no Grinch. It's kind of boring, right? <laughs> right. The, the only thing I can think of with the book being ending in the middle is. Um, Maybe it's like an anthology where there's more than one story in it. Uh, I did consider that. Um, I don't know how long A Christmas Carol is, to be honest. Yeah, neither do I. But yeah, why is he closing it from the back? That's just... uh... Well, because it was the Japanese version. It's the manga (laughs) Christmas Carol. So, um, which is why the Grinch wasn't in it. Duh. Mm -hmm. Um... So, uh, Mr. Feeney, clearly frustrated that these two aren't paying attention, asks the panga to switch places with Corey, and she tries to do, like, this spiritual replacement, and Feeney corrects her and says, you know, it's really just a physical replacement, just switch seats. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that's, uh, that's a lot easier, it takes less of a psychological toll. Um, and, uh, when, when Corey is sitting now in the, uh, in the front row, Mr. Feeney asks him what the meaning of the story is. Yeah. And... Corey says something to the effect of that the moral of the story, the meaning is that if you are a mean butthead, a ghost will take you to cool places. And, uh, and Feeney gives him like a thumbs down, um, for yeah. his, for his terrible, uh, synopsis. So, um, anything else on this before we move on to the next? Uh, um, so back when I was like a building sub, um, for one of the school districts, like right before winter break, um, teachers have obviously watched this and viewed this like cartoon version of a Christmas Carol before. Okay. But this year there was a student that was hard of hearing, um, had a microphone that teachers wore, had to wear, and then he wore a hearing aid. So they decided to put on the closed captioning. Oh, okay. But never previewed the closed captioning. All right. And whoever typed that up took some liberties and threw in some curse words in there. You're so kidding in a me. room with a bunch of fifth graders is like curse words pop up on the screen you are kidding me dude <laughs> no joke <laughs> wait wait a minute wait a minute um was it like uh well shoot okay so it was like official commercial material like the video um uh, like i'll see if i can find it and send it to you a... but it was like uh 
a cartoon version of a Christmas Carol. I'm not sure if they had a videotape or what, or it was on YouTube or where they found it, but they had the closed captioning on. And (laughs) 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 it was like the F word was thrown in there and they, they might've had some other ones. I wish I could remember exactly what it it said. Even at the appropriate times, like um, (laughs) it did not match up with anything (laughs) that was being said. Oh my god! Uh, like, like, oh, I hate Mr. Scrooge. Like, I hate that effing Mr. Scrooge. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh my god, it, dude, it had to been on YouTube. There's no way, unless the only scenario I could think of is like you know the Little Mermaid box cover mm-hmm. art, and uh, <laughs> maybe some they snuck it through. Oh my goodness, yeah. But, uh, mm, but that's a really major production by a big company. Yeah. Depending on how like rudimentary this this production was for Christmas Carol, uh, but that is phenomenal. Please, if you find that, send it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was this again? What school? Um, I, it was in Ben Salem School District. Were you were there? I was in the classroom when it happened. Yeah, it was a building oh sub. So God. the way the school is set up is there's like, <laughs> there's three teachers in the grade level and mm-hmm. special education teachers. So there's four of them. And I forget who I was in for that day, but oh it was the whole fifth grade together. So it wasn't just one class and I'm not the only teacher there. So like I can feign responsibility and like step away. It wasn't my doing. I didn't put it in. I was just there and oh saw it. Oh my God. Oh my God. And of course the kids bust out laughing and every <laughs> teacher's jaw hits the floor. <laughs> How old are these kids again? So they were fifth grade. So they were about like okay, 10, 11 years old. Okay, old enough to find this sort of thing funny. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. What did you do? Uh, one of the teachers quickly, like, turned off closed captioning. Oh, <laughs> like, I think okay, we're done so with that. It wasn't embedded. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, that is so rich. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really hope you can drum that up and, and send it over to me. Oh, oh how do I top that here? <laughs> 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 Talk about the where the sticks come from for fish sticks. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we're in the cafeteria next, and we're kind of we're developing our, our primary storyline here. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey and Sean are eating lunch, and uh, Sean actually you know brown bagged it, so he packed lunch that day. Then Corey mm-hmm. has fish sticks, and he kind of remarks that Sean usually loves fish sticks, and. Sean says he thinks it's cruel how um, when they rip the sticks off the little fish, which is pretty funny. Um, Yeah. And Corey looks at his fish stick almost like, oh, gross. Like, as if that's accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minkus shows up. Um, He's also packing his lunch. And Topanga shows up, too. And they get in this conversation about, you know, the real meaning of Christmas. And um, Topanga tries to tell him that it really isn't about gifts or anything like that. Um, I didn't take... You know, very detailed notes about that first exchange because Minkus is coming back to really push our storyline forward. Yeah. Anything about that part? You want to add any comments to? Well, this kind of feels like the first time that they're they're stuck to the core characters, where we don't have like the third yeah. kid and no Larry. It's the no Panga, Minkus, Corey, Sean, Feeny, right. and the family. Um, yeah. So, like, kind of hits their stride a little bit here. They kind of figure out what they want to do. That's a good point um, with the series with the season. Yeah, yeah, but, agreed. I didn't notice that. It's a good observation. Mm-hmm. Um, so after these two walk away, after Corey and Sean kind of troll them a little bit, um, they start talking about like the gifts they're going to get for Christmas, and um, and basically, uh, Corey says like he thinks he got a genuine leather basketball under the tree. Um, 
because that and also all their presents are like being added under the tree as they're being purchased which that definitely wasn't our style growing up like even yeah i was going to ask you about that like when did your parents usually put out gifts because like so yeah um we christmas um, eve (laughs) okay so when when Santa Claus is still a thing in our house, which I was the last one to believe, being the youngest one, uh, mm-hmm. all the presents were up in the attic or otherwise hidden. Yeah. And when we got older and we didn't believe it anymore, my parents still did it that way because they didn't want us to be tempted, tear into them or, or whatever, or to be investigating everything. So they still did it after the fact. Then when we got really older, like we start moving out, but coming back, my parents still decorate with a tree. And that's when they started uh, becoming more willing to to prep the Christmas tree with, with the gifts. And also since we're older, it's a lot smaller of a number, right? Like they're not showering yeah. you with gifts. They're getting you a, a gift card and maybe something else they think you might like nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, and, but, the for, for the kids, because now they, now that they're grandparents, I think they, uh, put out the gifts early as long as the kids aren't coming early. You know? Yeah. So how about you? What was your, uh, parents routine? Um, I think most of the time they, they weren't put out until like Christmas Eve in the middle of the night or after I went to bed, um, growing up, my parents were divorced. So mm-hmm. I guess one of them had it easy where I was at the, the morning of like, uh, I was at my dad's like in the morning yeah. and then go to my mom's and the next year it would switch. So, yeah. um, I'm sure the one of them didn't go up until Christmas morning, but yeah, that makes sense. They were, there was always last minute. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I, my uh, my parents definitely waited till we were asleep. I don't know how late they'd be up, but um, I'll confess that unless we get the kids to bed pretty early, we're usually up pretty late on Christmas Eve. I think this mm-hmm. past one actually went pretty smooth for us. Okay, I think we got everything set up by eleven. Um, nice, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. As they're as they're talking, um, and Corey talks about what he has. Uh, Sean says, and he looks down as he says it, and he says that. Uh, you know, Bob Stuchek's, I think that's that's what it's that's how it's pronounced, Stuchek's. They said it so fast. But Bob Stuchek's sports world has, has to back up like two trucks to his house to deliver all the gifts. And he says something particularly that sticks out. He says, my dad really came through this year, um, which does give the indication that they've had some like hard Christmases or maybe yeah. Um, yeah, just if you look at it in terms of gifts, maybe not as grand um, as yeah. some of the, the previous years. Uh, and this also kind of goes back to the previous episode where we mentioned that he has a job as a tire salesman. Um, so you definitely get the impression he's not being 100% honest here. And then Minkus returns, which he should have just brought this topic up when he was around the first time. I don't know what he was waiting for. But Minkus uh, asks Sean for his $5 contribution to the class gift. And yeah. uh, the, the class gift for Mr. Feeney, of course. And basically says everyone else has turned it in. And if he doesn't turn in his $5, his name's going to go on the card. Um, yeah. And Sean says, I just spent my last $5 on lunch, so I'll get it to you tomorrow. And he walks off, clearly upset. And Minkus makes a comment and picks up his brown bag and says, what, his mom like charged him a packing fee? Um, and Corey knows something's up here, too. So uh, any comments about this, Mark? Um, not about the lunch. Wait, did they get to the part where, um, Corey talked about his $5 and how it took him a whole month to save up? Yeah, they did mention that here. So thanks for bringing that up. And he plans to use his $5 to buy like an (laughs) imitation nylon net. Um, is it nylon just like imitation rope to begin with? Yeah. So it's like imitation, imitation. 
This threw me off. So, like, buy a net. Um, does he have a hoop anywhere to attach this net to? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> like, in later episodes, they um, they have a different angle in the garage. There's, like, that episode where he uh, Corey knocks down Alan. I don't know if you remember this. Like, Eric plays with Alan, plays a basketball game. Then Corey says, I got next. Alan says he's too tired. They kind of fight for the ball, and Alan Wait, falls. so they, they do have a garage? Uh, ooh. I think we had this discussion in an earlier episode because he stores his wrench underneath the sink. Well, it's a, (laughs) you know what it is? It's a different angle. And obviously like that outside shot of the house is not real, but for this particular uh, episode, they have a driveway, a basketball hoop and the basketball hoop has a backing behind it. So there's a garage. I think the hoop is mounted to the wall. Yeah. Um, But where else would you have a driveway leading to? It has to be a garage door. It's not going to lead to the wall. Um, that would be just silly. But anyway, yeah, so they, um, they, they, in this case, no basketball hoop anywhere. So what's the net for? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, um, any other comments, uh, about that? Uh, no. Okay. So that, that $5 is going to be important. So thank you for bringing that up. All right. So in our next scene, we're in the living room and, uh, and Alan's decorating. He's kind of got himself like wrapped up in some of the, uh, you know, the, the string up lights. And uh, Morgan and Amy walk in, and Morgan's pretty upset. And Amy kind of motions to Alan, like, don't ask any questions about where we just were, what we did. And Alan says, oh, how was, how was it getting your picture with Santa? And Morgan just starts screaming and runs upstairs. And this is our second, secondary storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amy has this hilarious story that she explains where uh, Morgan was really excited to see Santa. She finally gets up and sit, sits in his lap, and they have a an elf that looks like a hitman <laughs> with him. And uh, apparently, Santa has like I guess like a heart attack, <laughs> grasps his chest, and yells Rudolph, and then falls backwards. Um, and uh, and Alan just starts busting out laughing, and Amy laughs too, and says, "You know, it's not funny, but it is funny, obviously." And uh, so she thinks she killed Santa. So she's yeah, which which brings me to one of my questions. Did you ever think that you were responsible for something terrible happening? Are you happening, doing this on purpose? Even though it was like pure coincidence. Are you doing this on purpose for pre-kindergarten, Mark? Are you bringing up this story? <laughs> are you setting me up? I can't believe you got that teacher fired. <laughs> you are setting me up. Okay, so I story. You you you, <laughs> you trying to be all subtle there? Oh, so um, okay, little story. Apparently, this is so stupid. I don't know why anyone believed it or how it even got back to me. We're in pre-kindergarten. We have this lovely teacher named Mrs. Mount, or Miss Mount. I really don't remember. Yeah. And uh, they give out Teddy Grahams or something in in two bags. One's supposed to have six, and the other one's supposed to have seven. I guess to to show odds and evens or differences Mm -hmm. with math. I end up counting mine, and there's seven in each bag. The... (laughs) The next year, I think it is, she doesn't work there anymore, Mm -hmm. and somehow it gets back to my house. That she got fired because she counted my Teddy Grahams wrong. <laughs> and I cannot believe you still remember that story. <laughs> I was not going to, and I, I didn't recall that at all, but how dare you? How dare you bring back <laughs> my guilt of counting Teddy I should have just eaten one. It would have been the right thing to do. Eaten one and let <laughs> Said you got a teacher right. fired. <laughs> yeah, I got a teacher fired because she miscounted Teddy Grahams. Could you imagine if that was actually <laughs> true? Like how petty that is? Yeah. I think oh I remember hearing that she was in a different school, though. <laughs> so I'm sure, dude, she was probably temporary. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even Lacey's first grade teacher this year, um, she was a long term sub, like for yeah. the entire year. And the question afterwards was, is she still going to even be at this school? 
you know, because mm-hmm. they like her. So it's like, you know, is she still going to have a job? And I think those who, those kids uh, and their parents are rooting for her to, you know, maintain the job, you know? Yeah. But that's not happening. But hopefully she maintains a job somewhere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So after we get the little death explanation, uh, Eric comes down the stairs and mentions how um, Morgan's singing basically the stupid on version of on the like the 12 days of Christmas and how one of them is that she killed Santa Claus. On yeah. The on the first day of Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. 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 So they, they go upstairs to go talk to her. Um, but before we pan over to the bedroom, uh, Corey walks in and is checking all the gifts under the tree, as we mentioned, because like new gifts are being added all the time. I actually think this is a pretty cool way to do it. Um, you know, once the whole Santa Claus uh, mystique is gone but anyway, but he's like shaking them and trying to figure out what's in each one. Um, and yeah, really looking for that wool sweater. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he says, like, uh, if you don't get a good gift, the alternative is always itchy wool. Um, and so Alan explains that he should be appreciative of all gifts. And after Corey takes his inventory of what he thinks he got, he goes to run off and call Sean to brag. You know, just to, but not in like a I beat you way, but as in like, hey, let's talk about how great our Christmases are going to be to celebrate yeah. together. And Alan stops him and says, it's not a good idea. And he says he doesn't think Sean's going to have a great Christmas this year because his dad got laid off. Um, so I guess he got laid off from being a tire salesman, which yeah. is the only job he's going to have for what, like four years? Yeah. Until he becomes a janitor. That is rough, dude. Um, especially if they had it rough to begin with. But after this tire salesman gig, he just goes off and does all this weird stuff and never has a real job <laughs> since then. Um and it seems to click for Corey why he was packing lunch here. And mm-hmm. um, he makes a reference to Tiny Tim. And his dad says, I don't think it's that bad, uh, which you know, clearly it isn't. Um, yeah. Any uh, any comments about this before we keep going? Do you think it was uh, Alan's place to tell Corey what was going on? Um, yeah. Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, because Corey was going to make him feel bad. Um, my... My mom, at some point in my life, told me about someone I know and their dad getting laid off, uh, just mm-hmm. to kind of be sensitive to it, I think. And it never came up otherwise, like obviously, especially with a friend. You, know, you would never, yeah. you know, you'd never make fun of them. But yeah, um, why? Do you have a contrary opinion? Or? No, I was just curious because like kids at that age tend to act weird after they know something That's that true. wasn't necessarily told to them by the other person. So yeah. it. Like it could turn back around where they actually make the situation worse by acting differently here. around the person. <laughs> that so, does and I think here. that kind of comes up towards the end where yeah. Corey doesn't quite put it together until Feeney tells him. But oh, of course, yep, yep. All right, so we uh, we pan over to the bedroom and Morgan is singing "We Wish You a Merry Christmas" in the most obnoxious way in the bathroom. She's locked herself in, and uh, Eric and Amy are on the outside of the bathroom trying to convince her to come out. And Eric says that Santa called and that everything's okay. And they have this joke, which I won't do any justice to, but they, le- him and Amy legit laugh. And I just love it when you can tell it's like legitimate and that it's okay to laugh at the scene too. Cause it's supposed mm-hmm. to be funny, but he says that Santa called and Amy, I'm sorry, Morgan says, what did he say? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and Eric goes, he said, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and pretends to get a heart attack. And the laugh jack hits and those two start busting. And like Amy pushes him in a way that, you would also do like in real life, like, dude, you're making me laugh at the absolute wrong time. Um, can I can I go off on a tangent on this real quick? Go for it. Right with you. You, so, you didn't uh, kill a Santa, is, did you? This is not going to be funny, 
until you hear <laughs> the end. Um, but uh, many years ago, I was at least like 16 or so, but my, my grandfather died. And I didn't have a great relationship with the guy, I'm not going to lie. Like, it didn't hit me hard at all. Um, I would just say, in general, he was not a good man, and um, just like in life. And then mm-hmm. we definitely didn't have a close relationship at all. But he passed away, and my brother has this habit of laughing at inappropriate times. And we were at the funeral, and my bro- I could see my brother going, <laughs> like trying to hold in a laugh. And then, and he's like kind of shaking, and then I start laughing. And I'm like shaking, trying to hold in. And my sister notices that I'm laughing, and she starts shaking, and even like hits me. And it's just like one of those things like you're not supposed to laugh at this time. So your natural impulse is to hit the person, you know, to make them stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly what happens here. Um, you know, obviously, like in the show, still like a morbid topic, you know, where this guy like yeah. uh, apparently had a heart attack. You know, this mall Santa. It, that, that, but that's what it reminds me of. You know, their interaction there, just very natural, very real in between yeah. me and Eric. Yeah. So, uh, anything else about this? So, back in the living room, where after Alan tells Corey about Sean's situation, I forget if this actually happened in the story yet, but Corey's like, maybe we should give uh, Sean one of our gifts. And then he offers up Eric's. Yes, you're right. It did happen in the last scene. You're 100% right. Yeah, he does offer up one of Eric's. Um, and eventually, you know, we'll see lands on one of his best gifts, the one that he's mm-hmm. uh, really excited about. Uh, last little part about the bedroom is they try to lure Morgan out with a bribe. And yeah. uh, Eric says, well, how about that new shirt of mine that you love so much? And uh, you know, Amy warns him, whatever you promise, she's going to want it right away. And she just opens the door just enough to reach her hand out. And she grabs the shirt, has to shut it multiple times because she keeps shutting the door on it as she tries to pull it in quickly. And that's basically yeah. it here. Um so we go to the backyard, and um, Corey's excited to see Sean and gives him a box. And it's one of those TV-wrapped boxes where they, they separately wrap the top lid from the rest of the box, which I have never seen in real life before. Yeah, who has time for that? I don't know. I know it takes, it's like, cool, what's the though. point of, of wrapping it if you can just lift the lid off? But he put a, but there's a ribbon on it, too, to hold it down, to keep mm-hmm. the lid on. But it is a really efficient way and a lot less messy to wrap gifts. Like, efficient as in the opening process. Yeah. The rest of it, though. You know, oh, but it takes all the fun out of it. Pain in the butt. It does. It really does. But, of course, you know, that's how they have it wrapped. And it's basically just a box with a basketball sitting inside of it. Um, and Corey who clearly doesn't understand the spirit of gift giving uh, says uh, Sean doesn't even want to open it yet. Cause he's so skeptical. Like he thinks it's going to be a prank. And Corey says, open it, open it. Fine. I'll open it. He opens it, hands in the basketball and says, you I'm, I'm giving it to you. Don't you love me? And um, Sean's puzzled as to why. Mm-hmm. And he mentions how, you know, they never exchange gifts and Corey's, well, this year's different. Just like you said, he starts to act different since he has mm-hmm. information. He's not really, you know, wouldn't otherwise uh, have. So, um, and once Sean reveals, once Corey reveals, I'm sorry, that he knows the truth, Sean gets really upset and immediately asks, what'd you do? Go and tell a bunch of people. And then Corey gets just as hostile and says, no, I'm just trying to give you, you know, a gift, you know, my best gift to try to, try to save you from, uh, as he put it, like a tiny Tim Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Sean, just like any kid in his disposition, is feeling a little insecure or sad about his dad's situation. He doesn't want his sympathy or his charity. He doesn't even yeah. want him to know because it's embarrassing information. So when he calls it like a bogus gift because it was given out of, you know, this you know, charitable spirit. And, and he walks off and Corey's like yelling at him, you know, and, and 
eventually turns to Mr. Feeney um, to talk about it. But let me pause there before he talks to Feeney. Any comments about their exchange? Would you consider that gift charity? Um, I mean, it was his best gift, the one that he was looking forward to the most. Um, um, hmm. It wasn't just like one of those throwaway gifts or it or something was. like that. So obviously yeah. there was thought behind it. Um, yeah. I don't think it's as bad as Feeney makes it out to be. Or, like, how Sean took it, um, because the thought was still there. It, 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 yes, you're right, because his initial thought was, he's going to have a bad Christmas, let me make it better. Yeah. But then, like, he expected to be, like, showered with thanks or something. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, that was the, the, the negative aspect of it. Like, the in- right. was the, the intent way- to do something nice, or was the intent to receive praise in return? Correct. And so. that basically is his discussion with Feeney. You know, Corey says mm-hmm. he doesn't understand the spirit of Christmas. And uh, Feeney says, well, that makes two of you because you, know, you gave the gift for thanks. You know, yeah. Real, real gifts are real gifts. Like, uh, you know, friendship is a real gift and it's given with no expectation of gratitude. Yeah. You know, and to try to think about that sort of thing. So, yep. Uh, he's Corey's going to do the right thing later. And uh, I'll use the word charity because they used it, but you know, provide some, you know, give some charity in, in silence, you know, in quiet. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we move on to the living room and then Morgan <laughs> comes down. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, there, there's a comment that I want to make about the living room scene. Okay. Okay. So Morgan comes down and she's, uh, she's been bribed. She's coming down wearing the bribed clothes, like the, the shirt. She also has sunglasses on. And I think some of her mom's jewelry. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no pretty plastic necklace. Right, right. So, and uh, they try to explain to her that the, you know, the elf wasn't mad at her. And, you know, for the scenario with Santa, and she says, well, then why did he call me a demon child? <laughs> the way she says it is just so cute. So, yeah. Um, are we at the point where we wanted to make a comment or should I keep that? No, it's about the elf. I want to make a comment about oh, the elf. Okay, and okay. He walks so in. there's a knock at the door, and it's mm-hmm. the elf that, you know, looks like a hitman. And Morgan yeah. runs away screaming. And the elf so do you think the elf looked like a hitman? Because usually hitmen are like tall, intimidating, like physically imposing. He was tall. Do you um, think so? I don't. I thought he was kind of like scrawny. Just, um, yeah. Well, you don't need to be muscly to shoot someone. Yeah, so, um, I, I just think they called him a hitman because <laughs> he was Italian. But they they definitely gave him right. Uh, is that? There were some like awful and, stereotypes in there. I know. Yeah, he's definitely doing a Philadelphia Italian accent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bada bing, bada boom, that sort of thing. But I think he yeah. said bada boom, bada bing, which I don't think I've heard anyone say it that way. Um, yeah, but she runs away screaming. He returns the money to Amy and Alan. And Alan's like, did you like call our daughter a demon child? And he explains. He says, hey, one minute. So he's jolly and laughing. She sits on his lap. Bada, bada boom, bada bing, as he puts it. He falls over. He's a coincidence? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, they shut the door on his face slowly. And he, he signs off with, Merry stinking Christmas to you too, pal. <laughs> yeah, like, do you think they'd honestly return that money? Like, yeah, I, I think that, that was forced to get him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was great. I, I yeah. absolutely love this. Show oh, it was him. great. Yeah, um, it brought even more humor to an otherwise uh, really good secondary storyline. Uh, yeah, and they also, if they were going to refund the money, they probably wouldn't send the elf. 
Yeah, so yeah. they they would send you know another representative from the mall or from whoever they contact with to get the Santa there. Yeah, so, yeah, like whoever right. hired the hitman. Yep. So now we uh, we shift to the cafeteria, and uh, Minkus is back and questioning Sean about the five dollars and warning him that everyone will know that he's a deadbeat if he doesn't provide his five dollars. Um, Sean walks. says, fine. You know, just do what you want and walks away. Corey shows up. He was a little bit distant, but had heard everything. And he he basically claims that sh- he de- Sean doesn't have the $5 because Corey has it because Sean had loaned it to him. And Corey hadn't paid it, paid it back yet. So he gives Minkus the $5 he was going to use to buy his imitation nylon net mm-hmm. and basically says, you know, this is Sean's money. Sorry. And Minkus says, oh, so you were the deadbeat. And Corey says, yeah, Sean was just covering for him. So this is him, you know, the spirit of Christmas, the real way to, you know, give yeah. charity and that sort of thing. Yeah. Any other comments about that? This a uh, pretty short scene here. It's short, mm, but it's important. Not on this one, no. All right. So we move to the classroom, and um, oh, one of the things that Minkus did mention, I have to say, is that uh, he he added the names in order on the card. I guess in order of when people paid mm-hmm. <laughs> in the gift form. So Minkus's name is first, of course, and last is Sean Hunter's. Because otherwise, you know, Mister Feeney would not probably read every name. But yeah. we shift to the classroom, and Minkus presents the gift after the lecture is done, and um, he gives him you know, the dic- It's a dictionary, yeah, which is a very teacherly gift, and uh, he also there's a card. And Mr. Phoenix says, every name appears to be here on the list from Minkus to Hunter. And that's where Sean perks up like, oh, my name's on the card. Like, how did that happen? All right, so, and Sean's surprised and looks up. And then the class empties and Sean stops him and says, hey, you know, just, you know, why'd you put my name on the card? And Minkus is like, hey, you don't have to cover for Corey anymore. He explained how, you know, you... You loaned him $5, and he didn't pay it back, and he, his conscience finally got the better of him. Sean's, like, taken aback. He's like, Corey did that? Um, is that what he said? And he's like, yeah. As Minkus walks away, Sean says, uh, Merry Christmas. And Minkus turns around, and he's like, surprised, like, really? And Sean's like, well, yeah, of course. And Minkus says, Merry Christmas to you, too. So a nice moment between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any comments on that exchange, Mark? I-, I think this is a scene where we start to realize Sean is a little cooler than Corey. Because he has the long sleeves under short sleeves under no sleeves. <laughs> Damn it, dude. You got me again. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you meant like, oh, he's cooler. He's more mature. The way he said thanks. Nah, you're talking about the shirts. The family got referenced. Damn it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like wearing his whole wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, was it cold in there? Is that what was going on? Was it always cold in there? That was a thing, though, in school. Wearing a short sleeve shirt on top of a uh, a long sleeve shirt with contrasting colors. You know, black on white, white on black. Yeah, I, I didn't Blue keep track of the colors on this one. I just thought it was funny because it was uh, like long sleeve under short sleeve under no sleeve. <laughs> right, right. The, um, the other thing that I picked up on as the whole class is leaving, Feeney's yeah. like, read two books over break. What? What two books? <laughs> like, uh, dude, they're I, lucky if I read two books over summer. Like, right. Exactly. Let alone like a week and a half for winter break. Yeah, and since when do you give an assignment as people are literally leaving the room? You know, clearly. Yeah. Not one you're going to follow up on. Maybe as a yeah. wish. Like, hey, it would be great if you read two books over these next 10 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so our next scene, uh, Corey's in his backyard with the ball, and Sean shows up and sits next to him. And uh, he has brought with him 
uh, a net that he found in his dad's, like, was his father. It was his father's net, and they found it in their yeah. garage. It says it's really old. It says, I know it's not imitation nylon. And Corey says, well, it could be real nylon at this age. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Sean says, it's perfect. He's like, well, now I, you have the net and I have the ball. And uh, I thought this was a really accurate way to do this because they don't directly address the situation with the charity. Um, yeah. Instead, to get like, kind of playful with it. And Corey's like, well, if you want the ball, you got to steal it from me, which mm-hmm. Sean does pretty much instantly. And then they go back. Uh, and then Corey steals the ball from Sean right away. You get the indication multiple times that Sean's the better athlete, like with like the uh, the Phillies comparison, and like um, when they're talking about being a center fielder and how many errors he had. So I think Sean is the cooler, better athlete. So yeah. you basically let him steal the ball, and Corey's like, I can't believe I did it. And Sean says, it was charity, in reference to their previous conversation. Um, and they run off uh, dribbling the ball you know, to just go play. I guess at a park that actually has a hoop and a net because he doesn't actually have a hoop anywhere. <laughs> um, one of the things I thought was really cool about this was they, or at least accurate, they didn't actually address the conflict. They didn't have a fake sit down. They didn't hug it out. Um, Mark, I'll tell you, I was in one physical fight my entire life, and it was with a friend of mine. I think we mm-hmm. were around the age 13 or 14, and we were friends again, but we never talked about it. Yeah. Like we We didn't address it or hash it out. At that age, you just kind of like you play off social cues and as time goes by, you just kind of forgive and forget and you move on. Yeah, absolutely. And these two did not, you know, they didn't put in any awkward statement about charity or, or what they learned or go back to the class, you know, the classroom lesson. You're just like, Hey, you know, since your charity dig kind of hurt a little bit, here's one more back at you. Let's just steal the ball. Cause it was charity. Now let's just go have some fun. We're over it. Yeah. You know, which was cool. Mm-hmm. So any other comments about this? Not about that scene, but Okay. But it goes into the house next, right? It sure does. All right. So now we're in the living room and uh, Alan and Eric are wrapping up some gifts, uh, probably still TV wrapping them. And uh, Morgan and Amy are playing the piano together. Corey and Sean walk in, like bouncing the ball, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy, uh, Amy asks you know, Sean to stay over for dinner and he says he's, he's, he's going to go home and have dinner with his family. Um, but he does, she does give him Christmas cookies to bring home for his parents, uh, which he appreciates. And then as he's leaving, Corey says, Hey, Sean, you're going to be okay. And Sean says, if I have friends, if he says, if I got friends, I can get through anything, which is a nice moment. Um, I think it's important to note that there might be like a Barbie shoe in one of those cookies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric does say that Morgan was helping. There could be a Barbie shoe. One of the cookies Two care. So, what do you think is worse in a cookie, a Barbie shoe or a raisin? Wait a minute. I like oatmeal <laughs> raisin cookies. So definitely yeah, Barbie uh, shoe. <laughs> you don't like oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> they're okay. Who like there, there's a couple of things I don't feel like go well in cookies. Like in raisins on that cusp. I hate white What's chocolate. That? White chocolate should not be in a cookie. White chocolate just tastes like pure sugar. I'm not into it. Oh, it's uh, terrible. The only thing worse I think they can put in a cookie is like a piece of candy corn. Terrible. Yeah, that would be bad. Um, Look, uh, oatmeal raisin cookies. Uh, If you buy them store-bought, pre-made, garbage. If you buy them from a bakery and they make them chewy, you know, so they're like have extra preservatives in them, garbage. But if you get fresh ones or like from a bakery where like maybe they're a little bit crunchy and they're not like overblown with like that fake cinnamon flavor they put in like some cereals, a real oh oh good honestly best place you can get a quick one uh, is something like Barnes and Noble. Their oatmeal yeah. raisin cookies are phenomenal. Um, they're big, they're delicious, and 
in that scenario, I love raisins, but I do not eat raisins plain. Okay. Ever. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a raisins. second shot. Okay. Yeah. Just the source has to be right. Cause even like chocolate chip cookies can taste like garbage. Like I think chips, ahoy chocolate chip cookies are trash. And then you have like uh, rainbow chips deluxe, which are one of the better ones. Pepperidge farm, which is next level, but you get a lot, lot less, but they're fantastic. And then yeah, so that's gotta be a bakery. My students didn't get me a dictionary for Christmas, but I have plenty of um, Starbucks gift cards. That's cool. So, so maybe they have some oatmeal raisins. And- uh, they might, yeah. And you can – I don't know if you can use a Starbucks gift card out of Barnes & Noble. You can't. Barnes & okay, yeah. Barnes & Noble, they always have the – I think they have a better pastry selection. They have, like, all these uh, cheesecakes and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. eh, you won't be able to use the card, but it is good stuff. But uh, I'll, next time we get Starbucks really often, I'll have to check if they have an oatmeal raisin cookie at the, uh, you know, that our Yeah, I'm there. willing to bet I have a, $100 worth of Starbucks gift cards in like a tin right now. If you find you don't want to use them, maybe you can sell them because <laughs> uh, I will use them. Um, it, it, then everybody wins if that's the scenario. Just like uh, there's some people I know who just won't go to Dunkin' Donuts. You might be one of them. Yeah, not a big fan of Dunkin'. So I spent up my whole school year thinking I don't pass a, a Starbucks on my way to work. Yeah. Until like I Googled it, and there's literally one right around the corner from the way that I go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I figured that out on the second to last day of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have apps. Like, there's been times where I've been late to. I don't, I work remotely now, but I've been late to jobs before. But when I wake up that day. I want to stop somewhere for breakfast. I make sure I leave the house early <laughs> to get yeah. that breakfast, that motivation. Um, oh, and my previous job, when I was working in office, there was a Starbucks like seven, eight minutes away. So that's where I went for lunch every single day to make sure I got a, a second coffee. Yeah, when I, I say I literally pass it, it's in the shopping center to my right-hand side that I pass. That's and just crazy. I never look over to the right because I'm turning left, and there's yeah. like trees and stuff in the way. So I never realized it was there. <laughs> uh well next year you'll be passing it right oh yeah I mean, plenty of money go. for coffee too make it up for it there you go mm-hmm. nice all right so we're kind of still in the same scene here but there's not yeah. at the back door and um and everyone kind of has lines like all the family to kind of go morgan and to go check to see who's at the back door but she goes yeah. in the kitchen opens the back door and it's mr feeney dressed as santa um so she's surprised <laughs> to see that he's okay alive and well uh, I thought it was interesting. He has like he has a real mustache, so he doesn't have to have like a fake beard mustache. But he yeah. has the beard attached to his face in a way that just couldn't possibly look right. It's just kind of like yeah, like everything shape. else looks great. The costume, yeah, like the hat, and yeah. then the beard's just hanging really low. Right, right. And like I said, he even has a natural mustache, so you just gotta get that beard higher up. I just don't know how you would do it. Um, yeah, maybe if it has- I think they wanted to see his mouth to help with the delivery of the line and to make it that much more obvious to yep. Morgan. Yep. And uh, she asks, like, she's surprised to see that he's okay. And he said, oh, yes, he just had, like, a, a bad reaction to some <laughs> undercooked figgy pudding from from Mrs. Claus. And he's delivering these, obviously, fed lines, and the rest of the family's laughing. Yeah. Um, he's doing it almost deadpan, which makes it even funnier for us. Um, so, uh, let's see. Oh, and he says, like, his time away just now is him just resting you know yeah. from the uh from the figgy pudding incident so um so they then uh oh cory tells morgan to ask santa for good grades for her big brother and <laughs> feeny goes oh ho, 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 like really sarcastically 
Yeah. Um, and Should have then, been like a no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, it was funny because like he rolled his <laughs> eyes and did it very sarcastic in a way I can't do justice here. Um, but they then gather around for a group picture and Morgan says, Mommy, why does Santa look like Mr. Feeney? And you get the freeze frame and, and Mr. Feeney looks over like, darn it, he made me do this <laughs> and like it didn't <laughs> even work. Um, yeah the, the funniest thing that i think about this whole scene is the fact that like this is just proof that shows every teacher needs a second job <laughs> why because he's dressed up as santa do you think he'd be doing that for free like i think that's like secondary income for him do you think they paid him to dress up as santa <laughs> <laughs> no i think he's just a nice neighbor doing a favor otherwise he might have might shown a little bit more enthusiasm <laughs> or worn the beard better so um all right, we get our end credits, and we come back for that last scene. And I just want to comment. I remember watching these on uh, TGIF as a kid and waiting for that last scene and sitting through five to seven minutes of commercials to get to this. That was really criminal. It was a messy yeah. thing to do. And, and most of the time, it had nothing to do with the story, which this one doesn't, uh, other than the fact that it centers around Christmas a little bit. So they come back after making you know the real-time audience suffer, and uh, it's... Amy and Morgan at the piano again, and they're singing Jingle Bells. But yeah, Batman Amy does smells. the Batman Smells version, which is a slight variation of what I grew up uh, with, yeah. but it definitely hit at home. And uh, Amy sings the right one, the traditional one, and Morgan just says, boring, and then it's over. So uh, totally irrelevant scene, not necessary at all, but at least we got to see uh, Morgan again because she's pretty great. Mm -hmm. So, And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Um, and they never quite figured out who Carol was. No, they never figured out Kara was. And as I said before, this is the last time Sean's dad was employed. Basically, it mm -hmm. was episode nine. Um, and eventually, we get to see him, and he's a pretty great character, too, and he becomes really important. But just one of those things. I wonder if they were actually thinking about that. Because they don't give you too much of the impression uh, that he lives in the trailer park. They don't really cover it. Uh, it eventually comes up in season two. Like they hit it home hard. Yeah, you know, that he grew up in a trailer park and that things aren't super great. And Alan alludes to it. With, like, well, no, actually, Sean alludes to it when he says, my dad really came through this year, indicating there was other years. Yeah. Contrary. So as I as we watch these, Mark, uh, they make me think about the following seasons where everything just gets a lot more silly. We've mentioned before how these have more moral and mean more morals and like meaning. Yeah, they, they definitely it changes big time. I forget whether like there's there's definitely a drastic change after the first season. Yeah, but I feel like it changes again after the second season. Uh, it gets more and more silly. Yeah, and, and I think Eric is like the biggest like victim of that format change. Mm, I think it. You use the term victim. I will say it has a big impact on him, but mm -hmm. he flourishes in that role. I think he's great. He's hilarious. So yeah. Um, becomes almost one of the stars. The actor is fantastic in it, but like the character itself went from like like dorky older brother to um, like can't tie his own shoes. Yeah, he's just aloof and he's yeah. very silly. Yeah, and just make him dumber and dumber mm -hmm. um, as time goes on. With little moments of where he's like able to reflect or um, analyze the situation, but yeah. Yeah. And it just becomes a really silly show where they sprinkle in serious episodes that are almost like off putting. Yeah. Um, whereas this season one so far, and I believe through the rest of it are always 
on the little bit of a lighthearted side, but there's clearly a moral at the beginning of each episode that they're going to yeah. teach you. Um, and you know, the Corey's literally, you know, growing up, coming of age, you know, in, uh, you know, in this first season. So, and this is the last two episodes, actually, I thought were, uh, really good, uh, for mm-hmm. having, you know, a good, meaningful story, um, and, you know, be able to involve all the characters and have some actual character, character development. So, yeah. Any other comments about it? No, I think that pretty much covers it. All right, man. I guess that uh, wraps us up here. Um, And, uh, you know, thank you for joining me as always. And uh, we'll Mm -hmm. see everybody for the next episode.